and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Genesis 17 and 18, new names, a covenant, and an incredible promise from God. In the next chapter and a half in Genesis, God changes Abram's and Sarai's names to Abraham and Sarah. He also makes a special covenant with Abraham as and his descendants, again, promising that even in their old age, Abe and Sarah will have a child. What's in a name? Well, let's dig in. Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, I will you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is an everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. So I'm not going to go into all that, but um, you can read, dig into Genesis 17 and read it yourself. But skipping down to verse 14, any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. Then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, which means princess. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. 
Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied, no, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, which means he laughs. And I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. Now God gives him a definite time period. Sure, he was glad. Abraham was glad to hear that. When God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and every male in his household, including those born there and those he had bought. Then he circumcised them, cutting off their foreskins, just as God had told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and Ishmael, his son, was 13. Both Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised on the same day, along with all the other men and boys of the household, whether they were born there or bought as servants. All were circumcised with him. Okay, so we got new names and a new identity. So it seems that God was silent for 13 years, and that is a true test of patience. God changes Abram's name to Abraham, for he'll be the father of many nations. Here's that promise again. God reassures Abraham that Sarah, with her new name, will indeed bear a son for him and that she'll be the mother of many nations. A covenant is an agreement between two parties, a two-way contract. Each one makes a promise. Check out the video at the bottom of my blog, the link's in the show notes, that explains all about God's covenants with us humans. And here's a paragraph from one of the Bible studies in the free YouVersion Bible app. It's from uh, Beginnings, a study in Genesis. So changing Abraham and Sarai's names to, uh, I, I'm sorry, changing Abram and Sarai's names to Abraham, father of many, and Sarah, a princess, reinforced the fact that God would keep his long-awaited promise of a family. Their new names symbolized a new identity in him, and a future that rested in God's hands. Circumcision would be the sign of God's covenant with Abraham and Isaac, the son of promise, setting apart God's chosen people from the others in the land. Abraham demonstrated his faith in all God told him by immediately and fully obeying. Now let's go on to Genesis 18. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while, rest in the shade of this tree uh, while water is, is brought to wash your feet. Foot washing was a big thing, especially in the desert. It gets very dusty. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back 
to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old at this time and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself. How could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband is also so old. Then the Lord sent to Abraham. Okay, this is, this is the first place we see the Lord. Okay, so thinking, you know, the pre-incarnate Jesus is one of these three people here coming into the, you know, as the Lord. So like Jesus is God, as a spirit, his representative on earth here. So the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. <clears throat> is anything too hard for the Lord? Can Jesus change a life? Yes. Can Jesus soften a heart of stone? Yes. There is no heart too hard for Jesus. When you become a born again believer, you also have a new identity, child of God. Here's another paragraph from beginnings of study in Genesis. Um, that identity gives you a new future in Christ and entitles you to the promises God has made to all who call him father. God's promises in the New Testament are his new covenant with you through Jesus Christ. That covenant is sealed through the circumcision of your heart, symbolic of the change made in your life by accepting Jesus as Lord. A new covenant for us. The Spoken Gospel Bible Study, also from the Free Version Bible app, explains it further. Ultimately, we know that the final son of Abraham and Sarah, who blesses all nations, is Jesus. And Jesus gives us a sign better than the circumcision given to Abraham. Ours is a circumcision of the heart made inwardly by the Holy Spirit. The reason for an inward circumcision is that the true children of Abraham are not the ones who come straight from Abraham's line, but those who believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit changing our hearts is the new sign of the covenant. As just And just as Abraham's circumcision was a sign put on his body, guaranteeing the fulfillment of the promise that was yet to come, the New Testament says that the Holy Spirit's sign in us is our guarantee that all of Jesus' promises will be fulfilled as well. Christians receive a new name too. In fact, we are renamed twice. The first name is given to you when you put your faith in Jesus. You are made a new creation. At that moment, you are given so many new names. Bride of Christ, adopted son or daughter, 
beloved of God. The list goes on and on. There is a second name every Christian will receive as well. The last book in the Bible, Revelation, says that Jesus will give new names to everyone who perseveres to the end. No one knows what this name is or will be. It may be that Jesus gives each of us a private name only he calls us, a sweet pet name between us and our Savior. That's a name worth looking forward to. So are you a child of God? You were created in the image of God. Only when you become a born-again believer do you become a child of God. If you're not sure of your saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, what you have to do is believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Believe, have faith that Jesus is a Christ and he died taking your sins away forever. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180 in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. It's kind of the new circumcision. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog. And click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And also, again, in the bottom of my blog, I have a video from Uversion, and it's called The Covenants, and it kind of really explains all the covenants in here. It's really, it's really good. Um, and then I also have two worship songs, El Shaddai, which the, the first sentence reminded me of this beautiful song by Amy Grant. Um, uh, which is which is a wonderful praise song. And then there's an uh, um what what they said in in this paragraph about um your uh, your name um there's a there's a song there's a song called my name is and it goes through all the different names so that will be in the bottom of the blog too soli deo gloria to god alone be the glory Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish 
but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.